Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Potty Mouth Garden Club. Yes, we are back. We missed last day, yesterday because of the Queen's funeral, which we watched the whole the whole show from. It must have been about 10 in the morning until whenever, but that's why we weren't here yesterday. But we are now here. All your gardening goodness is here as well. But before that, a little bit of housekeeping. Our Discord there, don't forget to pop over there. It is getting rather big, that Discord channel. We're rather pleased. I use the same photographs, but that's good. And as you know, we're on a new channel there now. We've got more than 207 subscribers, but still there, still the same picture. And I pulled a picture. The podcast, if you want to listen or re-listen to this as a podcast, there's a link in the show notes, or there will be, or and in the kind of live chat. So you can put it in your podcasting little app and listen to this. And that's how I listen to it, because I miss so much. So that's how I actually listen to the show. So welcome. I will introduce my guests after the intro. <laughs> Yes, there we go. So let me just bring in the old timer there, the old boy. Hey, there. hey, how are you doing, Stephen? Always a pleasure, never a chore. I'm doing well, thank you. Good, good. Doing really, really well. Maybe, have you some been reason. playing with that um, composter of yours again? Oh yes, I was there this morning. <laughs> oh. I tell you, the last couple of days I've turned up and there's been steam coming out the side and out the top as well. I have never seen Amazing. that out of my compost heap yet. Do you know what I mean? So, oh. lots to talk about, Stephen. Thank you for coming yes. on. Yes, you're welcome. Audrey, how are you doing? Yes. Now we I'm had a little bit. Great. We had a little bit of a technical panic with you just a few seconds ago. We did. We did. <laughs> well, we would never so know now. now. <laughs> nice and calm. Yes. We're all everything's yes. good now. Yes. Excellent. Yes. And we have our very first. Mr. Tony O'Neill, Tony, thank you very much for coming on, hey, sir. Well. Oh, what a pleasure! It's a bit of an honour, to be honest. I have kind of one of the. YouTube royalty, gardeners royalty. <laughs> so are you Healthy mouth version. Yes. Are you good too and everything all right? Yeah, just busy, yeah. mate, the yeah, usual stuff. We've been having a little chat there behind the scenes and yes, very busy. So there's our guests. Oh fantastic. Now, again on the I've just moved my computer screen, I've got more bloody bits and pieces lying here. If you want a question from our esteemed guests, put the letter Q in in with your question, before your question, put the letter Q and I can filter it out and pick it. So that would be fantastic. Let me just put in the letter Q. Oh, there's one in already as well. Gosh. So, Stephen, do you th- is for any new gardeners coming, this is what I was going to kind of ask you there, because I, I'm going up, you know, now all the time to the garden. And I was there on Sunday. And right. not a soul... There, I was there for nearly two and a half to three hours. Not yeah. a soul turned up at that allotment, and it's you know. What I mean? yeah. And I'm thinking, is it just us that are obsessed with garden? And, and do you think it's kind of you know, as the season kind of the the natural normal season wanes? Yes. Are we losing yeah, like the, the, are we losing the enthusiasm for the newcomers? Do you think? I, th- I think it's uh, just a case of the fair weather gardeners. They see sunshine, they think, oh, let's go down the allotments. And I mm-hmm. think that's always been the case. It's certainly on on our side. I mean, 
they all come at different times of the day on our site anyway, but we do tend to get a lot of uh, weather gardeners. And most of the way through the winter, in the mornings, there'll only be three. That's mm-hmm. me and two others, and that's it. And generally, they stay well in their plots, so I don't see them anyway. So, uh-huh. Well, but, I would have thought just, you know, like a Sunday, that's your kind of... You, mm. your golden hour you know what I mean like photography you've got a golden hours and oh yeah just not a soul and it's quite a, a nice size do you know what I mean and you kind of just think eh. and there's so much well I'm finding there's so much to do is that the case for you oh yeah definitely there's plenty to do and it's strange actually because I've seen quite a lot of shots and photography of your site and you've got a lot of polytunnels and greenhouses there so I'm mm-hmm. surprised more people aren't up there over the winter growing stuff. I mean, I'm I'm going mad planting. I've got a 28 by 18 foot green uh, polytunnel full of food for the winter now, and I'm starting on my next one tomorrow. So, <laughs> Tony, <laughs> just do you keep think, going. Tony, do you think people are kind of are new gardeners don't realise that we're going to maybe drag the season a little bit further? Do you think they just think May, June, July, and then we start a rundown, or do you think? Just laziness and they don't get into it. Do you know what? I think with the new people, they don't realise that you can be growing through winter. and um, But it's one of those things, like sort of January, February, March, get a load of new sort of people going, oh, great, I've got an allotment, I'm going to grow food. And they end up putting things in like the tomatoes and the peppers and things like that, some you know salad that they can have throughout the summer. But there's no forward planning because they haven't gained that knowledge yet. So, you know, you know what it's like? You're, plant, you're planting from sort of end of June, beginning of July, ready for like autumn and winter. And, and then you're going through all the months there. And because they don't have that experience yet, I just think they miss that window. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, and then it's like September comes. They're like, right, what can I plant now for, for winter? And more often than not, it's too late to plant most things. And I think that's what it is. It's, I think it's just a, a lack of knowledge at that point, and they just need to spend a, a few more years in it. But what you have to be careful of is getting into that routine of doing nothing through winter. Um, people like to stay, you know, in the house when it's warm and, and not be up the plot, you know? That's a good point, yeah. Tom, because it, it does creep on you. You know, you, you say, oh, I'll, I'm not going today, I'm not going tomorrow, you know what I mean? And then it's like, all of a sudden, it's three or four days, and you're thinking... Oh, I can't be bothered this week. And then it's, a week's gone. Do you know what I mean? And you think, yeah. And the weeds are up here. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. And they still grow in winter. Hell Audrey, yeah. what's it like for you then? Because obviously you have you haven't got a, you know like a, an allotment and that. Do, do you still busy, busy, busy? Uh, like today was like the first day I thought I can take a breath. <laughs> so I did. Uh, but yeah, and and actually, starting uh, this week, I'm start planting things that I will be growing indoors all winter, because mm-hmm. I don't have the privilege that you guys do to have be able to grow outside. Uh, so yeah, I'll have my four shelves full of flats that are growing all winter long. Audrey, I've never asked you this, but you know, your neighbors. I'm not going to say what are your neighbors think of you, but are any of your neighbors into like the vegetable garden growing as you, as well as you? Uh, no, however, <laughs> however, they enjoy that we share the bounty. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think my right next to me is going to put some raised beds up in his uh backyard, right? So, right. yeah, so I it's all about, and I have a, a, a woman across the street 
runs a community, I'm going to call it community seed place, a community, like if you have extra produce, you can take it there. So it's, and she has these all over the city. And so I donate seeds there every year. Uh, If I have a little bit of extra that I haven't like given to someone I know, I just Mm -hmm. put it over there and people stop by and pick it up or they drop things off. It's lovely. That's fantastic. Oh, Audrey, wait wait a minute. Let's just, what a, what a, straight away, straight away there. I just love that she does it. And she has these little booths all over the city. So, yeah. I've got a question now, and I'm just going to jump straight. I'm missing a couple of questions, but I just want to jump straight into there. And we're going to—I'll go over to Tony. I'll go over to you there. Can you save potatoes for next year? Now, this is from Stephen Blaze, and Tony. I think Stephen's saying maybe his potatoes that he's growing this year can can he like chip them next year and use them, or is it always best yeah. to go to like a you know a seed potato no. farmer? Or if you've if you've grown your own potatoes from seed then there is no issue with it as long as you had no disease of any type um i mean if your potatoes are full of scab or you had blight or something like that then it's not really recommended um but if you've grown a good crop of potatoes now i've been using my own seed for the last seven or eight years every now and then i'll buy in like a two and a half kilo pack just to bring in some different diversity but I'm saving all my own seed for that. And you just need to um, prepare those potatoes and store them a little bit differently than you would for your eaters. You know, I wrap mine in newspaper. They go into a cardboard box on a single level and then they're stacked in, you know, a frost-free cold place, you know. And then they covered over with some hessian sack and, and then I'll pull them out then when I'm ready to start shitting. And Steve, sorry, Stephen, Tony, you've got no kind of issues. I guess you haven't if you've been doing it for seven years. You never have anything that's kind of you think, I wish I'd brought in a bit more seed. No, um, I mean, because I, I, well, you guys have seen how many I grow. So, you know, I'm always growing. If I find that there's a new variety I want to try or something like that, I'll bring those in. And if I like them, I will keep potatoes back then as seed for next year. And, um, you know, like this year, I've tried um, a variety, I forget the name, but it's the variety that McDonald's uses for their chips. All right. Because <laughs> the, kids want, um, the kids wanted to, to see whether or not we could create McDonald's chips at home. I haven't harvested any yet. That's going to be coming up now very shortly. But um, those uh, that variety, if they're any good, then I will keep some of them back for seed ready then for next year and I'll grow them properly next year. Steve, is that something you do? Because it's something I don't do. Do you know what I mean? It's just like I've never done that. I've always went to a kind of a supplier and getting potatoes. Is it something you do or think about? Yes, I do it every year as well. As as Tony says, it's it's primarily important to ensure that you've got no disease, nothing wrong with your potatoes, um, before you even consider doing that. If you've got something in the potatoes, it's going to spread to your whole crop in storage anyway, but you, you certainly don't want to be storing and replanting that problem 
never plans a, never plans a problem. That's what oh, I would say. What a, the, my God. Hey, Here we go. One <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I bought a couple of years ago. I think I bought 10 tubers of this variety I wanted to try called Kennebec. And Audrey mm. will probably know that one. It's American. It's a brilliant potato. And I've kept that going now for six or seven years, apart from this year where I don't know what's gone wrong with them, but they all came out mushy. So I'm going to have to buy new stock next year. I do the same with my Sarpos as well. I've been saving them for probably about the same amount of time and uh my king edwards they're about three years old now so yeah just just keep them but say you've got to be absolutely positively certain that there's nothing wrong with them even seed producers get it wrong at the time they let things go yeah. and into the system and they'll come through with problems and i think that's what happened with that variety condor a couple of years ago wasn't it yeah. I, I grow condor. Unfortunately, I didn't have that problem because I keep my own seed, whereas right. everybody was getting plastered with all sorts of stuff from it. Yeah. Because I kept my own seed because I was growing it as a show potato. I didn't have that problem. Um, oh, I know, I, think, I know where to come for some condor for next year then. I mean, I think with, with the likes of uh, potatoes, it, you know, you just need to make sure. Um, it's like... Um, I've grown a variety called Rudolph for 12 years and I'm still on the same batch of potatoes from when I originally purchased them when I was at my last garden. So, you know, it's, um, and they're fantastic. And I did want to uh, bring in um, some additional ones just to try and bulk out the variety, not the variety, but the, you know, the sort of genetics. Um, And I found... Uh, they came from Marshalls, and I found that the ones I'd grown that come from Marshalls, they were rock hard when you cooked them. You just couldn't get them to to go soft, oh. no matter how long you cooked them for. But yet, mine were fine. So there was something going on in the potato, uh, nice. for, you know, in in that variety of potato even back then. So Crikey. sometimes it's a really good thing that you keep in your own, and I think it comes down to being more self-sufficient when everybody was having problems getting seeds and stuff when we were going through covid i had everything i needed because i'd stored all my own stuff and a a lot of gardeners around me that are doing the same thing did you know had had didn't have those issues that everybody else was having well i can guarantee this year, I will not be keeping any because my my uh, <laughs> just I've had such a bad year with potatoes. It's just like I don't know what's I don't, I don't know if it, I keep on blaming drought, and that might be a kind of cliche that I blame every failure that I've had on any plant this year as a drought. You know what I mean? Or, now, I think it's you... compost based as well, you know, uh, Tony, because um, I had. Uh, I did a video based on why I think my crop is going to be bad. And I've harvested eight buckets so far just for the house, not not filming. And in those buckets, I've had some okay sizes. But I tell you what I've had for the first time ever is potatoes that are rotting, turning to mush. It's the first time I've ever found it. And um, I don't know what's causing it. And it's only on one variety at the moment because I haven't harvested the rest. So until I go through and harvest them all, I don't know if that's across the board, but I've never experienced it before. It's the same with me. I, I mean, I've had a few. The whole of my Kennebec were gone. Um, and half of my pink fair apples uh, were going that way. Um, and since I brought them home, I've just sorted them out today, actually. I've thrown another yeah. 20 or 30 pink fair apples away today, 
we're just eating them as fast as we can, really. Yeah, mm. yeah. Or so yeah, that's the idea. time you don't want to be saving your own seed. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Audrey, what you about yours? Are you, are you getting any trouble with your potatoes? Well, I'm only growing uh, one kind this year. I'm not growing a lot of them, and I haven't harvested them yet. So we'll know soon. Do you ever, Audrey, do you ever do the little sneaky trick of putting your hand in like a chub before and pulling out a couple before you ready to harvest? No, no, I just wait. Oh, I do, I do. I cheat. It's like, looking at, it's like looking at Christmas, having a little look inside your kind of Well, yeah, I do that with carrots, but <laughs> I haven't done that with potatoes. So yes. when, Audrey, when are you lifting your potatoes? Probably this week. I was going to say, it must, you must be getting close to it. Are the plants died off? Yes or not? No, or... no, and that's why I'm um, uh, wondering. I mean, we were at 84 degrees yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then it's like six weeks, we're going to be frozen. So I, things are just growing a little differently. It's usually a little cooler by now in September. But it's just hot and things are still going, so I'm letting them go. I wish our weather was that reliable. We could just never tell what's around the corner next. Exactly. You know, we, can't, mm-hmm. we can't just say that in eight weeks we'll be frozen and that's it. It's all over. We could be having an Indian summer or it could be peeing down. You really don't know at what, all, what do I we? Find, yeah, what I find we do is we get like a really hard frost, maybe end of October, and then it warms back up in November. Right. And it's like, well, that's unfortunate because everything that could have lived is now dead. <laughs> so, uh, and it's it's too late to start for us planting things out. So I kind of aim towards the end of, of October to kind of wind down the outdoor garden. Stephen, just as a, as a gardener that's been gardening since you was five years old, and you should be knowing the way the weather goes, what's your prediction for this year for the weather? <laughs> <laughs> Blimey! No, that's a question. Because I will note the date, and we'll come back in the middle of winter. And yeah, see. he said it was going to be a warm winter. <laughs> oh yeah, no idea. Well, I think in general our winters are getting warmer, but I, I still don't think there's any predictable pattern. I mean, it, it used to be when I was a kid that by October the ground was frozen. That's the way it used to be, and it would only defrost if we got an Indian summer. But I mean, you can't rely on that anymore. We used to have predictable weather weather patterns. It used to be sunny from May to September. Then it started to get a bit chilly, a bit bit more rainy and windy, and then we froze, and that was it. Mm-hmm. That was how it used to be. Well, mind you, I'm actually finding. I don't know if it's just me up here in the north, down the northeast. I'm finding it a little bit colder than what I thought it would be. Now, right. you know what I mean? There's the kind of the, the, the fleecy puffer jackets on there when I'm going to the allotment. And I was thinking, I'll not need it, but I am. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know if it's, we're getting like a cold sap here, but it feels cold. You've got your own jacket on anyway, haven't you? Yeah. You've got your own bonnet, yeah. <laughs> I've got my own pattern. So, yeah. Tone, what about you? Do you kind of look towards the weather or does it not really bother you and you just kind of go through garden and how you take it, how it comes. You know, you can plan all you like, but, you know, the weather can throw those plans completely out the window every single week. So now it's like a case that I think, right, okay, we're coming into winter. I need to be looking at sowing this, 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 and this. And I sow it regardless. 
if it lives, it lives. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, but I see the winter that I tend to do less growing so much or growing some of the tunnels and what have you. Not so much outside, although I have got like brassicas and things that will go through like kales and what have you. But um, because I got such a big garden anyway, it, it, it looks like I haven't got a lot out there. But um, I tend to use the winter more for projects and things so that, um, you know, that I can get out there, I can clear some land off or whatever, or I'll, I'll use it and I'll grow a green manure, which I've already got green manure up there that's two feet, you know. So <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it really depends, like I said. But um, I just tend to play it by year. I think, right, this, this month I need to do this and I'll go and do it regardless of what the weather is going to do. You, Audrey, you mustn't just have that, like you say, we've just been talking there. You just know, kind of, we're going to get a brutal winter and it'll probably be roughly around six weeks' time. Is that right? Uh, well, here's the thing. It, it, we do get the hard frost probably end of October, like first week in November. So whatever's out there, it does just end their life. So I plan on that. But each year we're getting warmer. Mm-hmm. So it's pushing back a little bit. So I look forward to the day that I can have kale growing outside. I mean, if things are going that way, I'd sure appreciate being able to do that. So even the likes yeah. of what, what Tone was saying there, kale, because we can drag that through the window, that just stops. Right. It stops when you're Absolutely. frost, does it? Absolutely. Oh, man, it's almost it's prehistoric in Detroit. <laughs> well, it's it's just really cold so i grow it inside uh-huh. and at that time of the year <laughs> it's just i've got you know? keith keithia is asking at our allotment plot we're not allowed green not allowed greenhouses or polytunnels it's just like that's bizarre, bad isn't it? oh my mean? god that's the engine you need that <laughs> it's just like eh. so keith's asking what any recommendations for for winter crops or anything i mean that's just a, a Keith, I was looking at Keith's question. I was like thinking, that's just not right. Do you know what I mean? John, apart from the kind of the, the whoever committee comes up with that, can you give uh, Keith any advice? I, I dig it, sunken greenhouse. I wouldn't tell him. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, I think it's just a cloche. Yeah, it's cloches and his row covers, things like that, you know. Um, but the issue we have there is you've got to stop that plastic from touching the plants. So how high is it going? And is it going to get to the point where that's going to annoy them as well? Um, I'd personally be asking them, well, if I can only grow on my ground for half the year, you only charge me half the rent. You know? Oh, good, good. good. I was there's, just... there's a question there, isn't it? Uh-huh, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Tone, I was going to ask as well, what, what about, like, let's just say you can get it up to, say, like a table height, something. Would a hot box help them? You know, like where you put, like manuring and getting a bit of heat that way the, the problem with hot boxes is you need mass for them to to keep warm and in winter when it's really cold if you don't have mass that the center of that is going to freeze and then that's the end of your any heat you have when you have like a cubic yard or a, you know three foot pallet or whatever then that um will hold heat in the center and that'll radiate out um and they're great if you're going to do that but um to, to keep something sort of warm all winter, that ain't going to happen. It's going to cool down eventually. Mm-hmm. Steve, any any thoughts on what uh, Keith could do? About- 
Well, actually, I was just reading a book not so long ago, and as Tony was just saying there about the mass, I know the Dutch, when they used to do their hot boxes, they would have big frames, but they were all right next to each other, and they used to walk over the top of them. They were keeping that whole field warm with the mass of all these hotbeds that were right next to each other. But, yeah, I mean, if you, if you, if you can't use greenhouses and polytunnels you want to be asking the question why not i'm here growing it's a gardening thing um and then present as many examples as you can of other allotment plots in your area that do allow them um, just ask why not but mm-hmm. failing that yeah cloches um they're definitely a way to go i would say even small coal frames i mean i like the idea of the underground greenhouse Sunken greenhouse. It's massive in some countries. They use it a lot, uh, you know, um, you know, right up in the outskirts of Canada and things like that, because yeah. you get the ground heat, firstly, and and what they're doing when they make these uh, sunken greenhouses mm-hmm. is they're digging down meters anyway before that, and they're laying in pipework so that they bring in that ground heat up into the greenhouse. And then they're yeah. just having like a glass roof and the walls are all rock. And because of that, it absorbs the heat in the day and it radiates it at night and it's sunken. So you're, you're, you're literally walking down into the ground. Here, we probably have a problem with that because of water. Our water yeah. table is quite high. But as long as you're raised out of that water table, it wouldn't be a problem. There's a guy around the corner, apparently, he's got one. He's got... He's got it all fitted out with hydroponics in there. I must go and see him, actually. Yeah. But he's invited me around to go and have a look. So basically, what, what we're seeing is just get a couple of GSEBs. Digging all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you Audrey? doing? Well, you said I can't have a greenhouse. I'm going to have a big hole in my floor. <laughs> Audrey, have you, Audrey, have you got any thoughts on that? Because I can see your, you know. No, I would just say grow stuff inside. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, but I have such a good growing setup that I can do that. As long as they don't need pollinators, I can grow them. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. no, well, yeah. it was you that actually said that tip, but like you know, through right through the the hot spell, bring your seedlings home and do it from yeah. home. You know what I mean? And it worked. Yeah. That's how I'm getting all them <clears throat> crops. So, yeah, is it Keith? So you'll have to send me some. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you could also plant a shelter belt as well, a nice line of hedges or something, just to keep sort of cold winds off you in the winter. So and create long term, yeah, sort of long term, you could do that, and even do it through your plot with, you know, privet hedges in the middle of your plot, perhaps, and just maybe a, things like Leylandii around the outside. It's just a bizarre. Like that. <laughs> They're in nuisance. <laughs> It's just a yeah. total bizarre kind of. Well, it is, isn't set it? Set of rules. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you can see maybe greenhouses, possibly glass smashing, something like that. Yeah, and then yeah. I don't know if it's like some kind of you know plastics going on. You know, do one plastics with. The I think what I would do is I'd ask for a committee meeting, and then I would build some sort of uh, portfolio of why you should have it and an argument for. Because it's all well and good them saying you can't. But if you're presenting information to them saying, well, look, you know, without it, I can't start till this date, you know, then my crops are late and then the cold weather's coming in. So they're not getting a chance to get to maturity. So I'm not harvesting anything. Why am I paying you rent? So, yeah. and if, 
paper in a logical way showing how you can utilize this. It's not just going to be there sat empty all over winter and um, become an issue for neighbors and what have you. Um, yeah. You know, tell them you're going to keep it under the line, even if you have to sink it down two feet like I had to with mine to keep it under the fence line. You know, as long as you're doing things like that to appease neighbors and what have you, then I don't see yeah. there being an issue. And you just need to factor all that in, in your proposal, like, and, but take it to the committee. I wouldn't just accept it. I, I, I'd have to challenge it. Well, I, re- I, re- I recommend bot holders as well. Get some backup. Get some yeah, other people absolutely. coming with you and saying it. Well, that's what I was going to say. And then if that it. doesn't work, I think I'd start looking for a new site. Mm, uh-huh. <laughs> well, I think that we'll all go down there in support of Keith, shall we? Go to his committee meeting. <laughs> well, Keith, wants to, Keith um, my email address is on the bottom of all my video descriptions. If you want to email me, I'll put a few bits and bobs together for you that might help with that as well, give you some ideas. Quite happy to do that for you. What a star, what a star. Stephen, while, while you're on, have a quick drink there. I was going to ask you, sir, about... My sweet corn, right? So I've, you know how we were talking, oh, it must have been a month ago, you're kind of aiming for three cobs on a plant. Well, yeah. what, what's going wrong with mine? Because I've had all my first set of cobs have come off lovely. And I'm like saying, more, more than happy, huge, big things. And yet my second lot of cobs, it feels like they've given all their energy to that first cob. And they're right. literally half the size. They're all full, fully like swelled up sweet corn, but they're, yeah. they're literally half the size. I haven't even got a third one, and it just right. looks like they've all like went. You have all my energy. Is there anything that's could well? I mean, my, my my way of thinking has always been to sort of grow the sweet corn as tall as I can. The more stalk, the more chance I've got of more cobs. Uh, and the more feed that's in the ground, the better, because they are voracious feeders. They really are. Um, yeah, so I was that, say that's it's an nutrition issue. Yeah. Um, so that's why I surround man in the early part of the year and put the lid on. I want to grow them up. And to do that, they need all that feed in there, plenty of nitrogen in there, plenty of nitrogen. So things like your chicken manure pellets, uh, something like that, um, or even just good manure. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of uh, nitrogen in that. To be honest, I thought I ha- actually had done covered my bases with that, but I was just like, like I say, I was just interested to find out the actual second cob is a lovely little cob. They're just right. half the size. Do you know what I mean? Or, yeah. I mean, if you, you look at your corn this year, Tony, I mean, I've been watching you a few years now, and every year your corn is getting bigger and bigger. And this year, your corn is taller, probably the tallest I've seen. Mm-hmm. So I think you're getting there. I think you just, you need to refine, you need to grow something and then you need to refine your methods and work out what's well, going wrong it's, or right. Uh, it's, Steve, it's funny, you know, because I gave about 12 plants because you mentioned, I think it was like F1 Incredibles. You mentioned yes. they're a great kind of, so I got them this year. Nan, brilliant. I gave about 12 to the neighbor. Yeah, he already had like a bunch. I don't know what he was growing. He already had a right. bunch when he put these. Now, these 12 I give him have like amazing crop. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> way, better than, way better than kind of his second crop. Do you know what I mean? So, it's a great that F1 and they are F1s, aren't they? Is that right? I'm, I think about it. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think I said to you once or twice in this season, some of your stuff isn't grown because. 
I don't think because all the and sunflowers. That's why, because of all the pig and sunflowers. I well, there is that as well, but I just don't <laughs> think that your compost is right. You put so much wood chip in there. I just don't think there's enough nutrients in your beds. Uh, that's that's what I think. See? The compost is just a carbon and that's your problem. And if that isn't fully broken down when you're adding that to the bed as well, that's mm -hmm. robbing nitrogen out of the soil, which would have been used for your plants. What I would do if I was you, Tony, is actually go and do a proper soil test from your beds so that you can get a complete breakdown before you worry about altering anything. Because what you don't want to do is start feeding your beds thinking it needs one thing, where you could be overfeeding and then you've overfed with a particular thing like potassium fragments and you, and you can cause what's known as nutrient locking. And if you cause nutrient locking, the plants aren't going to take up anything, never mind what they need. So the first thing is get a really good lab test on your soils. They're only about 20 quid and um, it'll allow you to go through your soil and think, right, okay, this is what I'm lacking in my soils and this is what I need to do because they'll give you a complete breakdown. They'll tell you exactly what you need to add and how much you need to add of it. And that's the great thing. And then you know that you're going to you know, be sort of uh, doing well. But as Steve was saying, quality compost is important. And, and this is my argument. I've always been, you know, you can go and buy municipal composts and stuff. And uh, I did a video back at the beginning of the year where I was talking about how dead this compost is and how it's got yeah. too hot. And it's okay as organic matter in the soil, but it doesn't have the nutrition because you've killed all the life and everything that's in it, you know. But for a start, go and get yourself a lab test for the sake of 20 quid. Uh, Land Crop Laboratories uh, do it in the UK. They're brilliant and you'll be able to find out exactly where you need to go. Does that include a pH test as well, Tony? Because that's probably what it will break to down. It'll break down every single nutrient in your soil. So, so even the micronutrients as well. Yeah, everything. Cobalt, cool. the lot. And um, you get a sheet. It's about two or three A4 pages. And right. in there, there's lots of columns. It'll tell you. Um, the actual nutrient, so whether it's calcium or um, nitrogen for argument's sake, it'll tell you what you've got in your soil, whether it's high or low, and then how much of a specific fertilizer you need to add per square meter in order yeah. to bring it back up to the right nutrient density. Yeah, I mean, I must and, admit, I was going to get one a couple of years ago, but they said they yeah. wanted a pound of soil to be sent off for this test, and by yeah. the time I'd sort of done three beds, I had like three pounds of soil already. Yeah, so you don't need amounts. huge amounts. You don't need huge yeah. amounts. We're talking like just a pinch of soil. What you have to do is water the soil a bit first, right? And then right. dig down to about six inches where the root uh, system is going right. to be, right? Where it's going to start and just take out a little sort of like couple of ounces out of one bed and then yeah. work away around your whole plot, put it all into one bag and send that yeah. off. It's going to give you a generic, but I mean, yeah, if yeah. one bed is down, they're all pretty much going to be down. 
right? Yeah. Because you're going to be growing similar things all around the place there anyway. And what it will do, it'll give you this breakdown. It will tell you about your pH, whether it, you know, whether the pH is at, you know, mm-hmm. 6.8 or whether it's at 7.4. It will give you all of that so you know where you are. It will tell you, um, it will recommend products for you to put into the soil and it'll have a chemical side and an organic side. So depending on how you grow, like, me i'm organic so i'd only choose the feeds that are out in the organic section and it yeah. will also tell you for adding things like copperas and stuff like this so there's just tons of information that you can gain all for the sake of it like 20 or 30 quid whatever it is now that was a good place to start tone i was gonna yeah, i think you i think you've covered there what i was gonna actually ask you then so i've got 32 beds so obviously you're, what you're saying is you can take a bit of soil from each of them beds and get yeah. like a, a broad kind of... Yeah. I, I mean, look, you don't need to do it on a bed. You could if you wanted to be that pedantic. You could do it on a bed-by-bed situation, but that's going to cost you a fortune. But if you get an overall look at your plot, and then you can think, right, as a rule, my plot is this, and this is what I need to put in it. Because, like I said... We all know that feeding less is better than feeding too much. And that's because of nutrient locking. Now, if you're putting too much nitrogen into your bed and it's causing that nutrient locking, well, that's when you see things like blossom end rot and things because the plant being taken up calcium. That can also be down to a watering issue. But I'm just using this as an example, okay? So you may have too much of one... um, basic uh ingredient nutrient. that the plant, yeah nutrient thank you i couldn't think of the bloody word um one nutrient that the, the plant needs but it's overloaded with it and the plant shuts down and it doesn't take anything through the system except water so yeah. so without that sort of overall look at your plot you don't understand what you really need to do to bring it back. And I, and I tell you what you'll find is, once you've done that and then followed the information that they've given you, you will see your crops just magically just transform in front of you. And I'm talking, I had corn that was nearly eight feet high and I, and I had four cobs on it after I'd done my last test. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's crazy. And, and that's yeah. just one example, but everything else... And, and I, I use them a lot when I was growing the giant vegetables, and that's that's how I got to know all of that. I was going to say about thing. that. Yeah. Because I was advised when I was giant growing the giant pumpkins, I was told to get a, a soil test because I knew the giant vegetable growers, what they do is they do the soil test first, get the soil right, plant the plants, and then later on they'll send leaf samples off so that they actually know what the plant is actually taken out of the soil and what yeah. it's lacking in so you can actually then make a feed directly for what that plant needs and then it's usually amazing. you're foliar spraying that so that it goes yeah. straight to the plant um amazing. So because it could be some nutrient locking up stopping calcium for argument's sake well you can yeah. then go and give it a calmag uh foliar spray and the plant yeah. has everything it needs so but again, yeah, I mean, when I was growing the giants, you know, I mean, 67 pound cabbages and 131 pound marrows. <laughs> and that's because I did those tests initially yeah. to make sure the soil was right. And but it's like anything else, Tony and, and guys, is the fact that soil takes time to build. You can put compost in your soil this year. If you don't keep building that, it doesn't, um, you know, 
it doesn't go anywhere because, you, as you know, compost is consumed by all the microbial life. So yeah. really, you end up with very little left in your soil by the end of the year. So you have to keep continually adding that. But I, I suggest to everybody who's watching, if you want to know um, and want good crops, go and spend that couple of quid on the lab test. It will save you a fortune in putting amendments into your soil. It does save you money in the long run. So, Tone, just out of curiosity then, when, when you first did this test, you know, and you got your results back, did it, like, black and white say your garden was a little bit kind of off-kilter? Yeah. So I was at the old garden when I first started doing it. Uh, calcium was practically non-existent. Uh, potassium was really low. It was about 30% lower than it should be. I had boron missing. I had all sorts of stuff. And I had this sheet and I had line after line after line that was just red on the sheets because they give you, it's like color coded. So you've got green and red and, mm-hmm. and then there's like a yellow that um, tell you it's okay, but it needs work. And, um, and so it was really interesting to look on that because I was thinking, well, you know, I'm building my soil slowly, albeit, you know, because I was putting compost on, but it was like the first couple of years I'd been there. So I hadn't made that much of a difference, but compost, um, like I said, gets consumed. So, you know, I put it in my plants, my plants were drawing on that and the microbial life was drawing on it. So there was nothing left there by the time I sent these lab tests off, but it enabled me to build a plan of action in which to sort that soil and not overload it with something like um, phosphorus for argument's sake, because phosphorus will build up in the soil. Um, and that's when you need to flush the soil out. And that's funny enough. They, they did that with um, a soil test I'd done when I built the polytunnel. Um, phosphorus was really high and it can build up in polytunnels and they give you a list of suggestions to do. And one of those suggestions then was to flush the polytunnel, you know, and I literally put thousands of gallons of water through it just to flush that phosphorus out. So, and I wouldn't have known to do that if I didn't run the test. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, Tone will get that, we'll get that link off you again because it's went straight in one ear and out the other one there. So, We'll uh, we'll put it in the show. as usual. <laughs> yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. Tone, it's just called you... Landcrop Laboratories. Landcroft Laboratories. Yeah, JB has already put that up. Oh, oh is, is JB here? Oh, yeah. He is, yeah. What's the bloody point? Oh, I didn't hear. Yeah. Oh, bloody hell! <laughs> Audrey, do you, Audrey, do you have? I know we're kind of brilliant talking about. Do you have issues because you're you know on the other side of the pond and you you contain like raised bed gardens? Do you have issues? Do you know what your soil is? Uh, I have not had one of these tests, but I know that I put compost on every year to refresh it. And I see no signs of problems. But the thought of getting just a baseline test, I think would be a great idea. Mm-hmm. What it, um, I'm glad, I'm, to be honest, I'm glad you kind of highlighted it because I was honestly thinking, and I've heard, I'm sure me and Steve's had this talk before where it's like, well, if you're going to do, you know, you'll do end up doing like bed, 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 32 beds. Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. thinking, wow, I can't be bloody. No. You know what I mean? No, just take it as a whole like a and then work on your garden as a whole. Um, and just for the guys in the US, there's like 10 or 12 
laboratories out there that you can uh, go to. So, so it's easy enough for you. Um, I wrote an article on it a long time ago, so I remember there's about 10 or 12 there for the US too. So it's not like it's just something for the UK. It doesn't matter where you are, you will be able to find a lab that does soil testing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just while you're there then, Tony, um, Colin Jones is saying, would you do this testing yearly or do you think one test is enough? Um, it depends on what, you, what you're expecting out of your garden. Like, like we sort of concluded to earlier on, um, the giants, you will do a test in the beginning of spring so that you can amend the soil when you're growing. And then you'll test halfway through the growing year. And you might even test towards the end of the year as well, just before showtime. Mm-hmm. But if you're just growing veg uh, for eating at home, I, I would say once every three years, would give you a good plan because once you know what you're you're lacking in you're able to sort of go and amend that and then with the addition of compost it's going to take time for that to to go Mm. out the kilter whereas most people they'll get an allotment and they'll start adding things into the allotment like blood fish and bone or chicken manure or whatever chemical they want to add to it without really knowing what the soil's composition is so you know they, they never get that baseline. But once you've got a baseline and you put it right, then you might need a test afterwards to confirm it's right. And then yeah. after that, every three years is fine. Well, Tony, I can... I'll help you do one now this year. I can honestly hold my hand up there, like, like I say. Because I think, like I say, me and Steve's talked about it, and Steve said, oh, possible nitrogen loss of mine. So I'm just throwing <laughs> blood fishing board, get it in. What, what was the other one I was using? Alfalfa. Like horse feed, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean, and just like there yeah. we go, we're sorted. I mean, I must admit, I'm I'm fairly reactive to my crops. If I, if I see something's growing and I can spot a nitrogen deficiency, then I know that bed next year needs that added umph, if you like. So that's how I've always based uh, my feeding on on the and that's great. layer of mulch down. Was... And that's great because you know what to look for, Steve. You know, yeah. um, for a lot of people now, they you know, who are starting and, and, you know, we're going to have a low, we're going to have an influx of people starting over the next couple of years with the cost of living crisis and stuff. And they haven't got a clue what's actually happening in front of their eyes. So when a plant's leaves are starting to turn yellow or you guess uh, chlorosis or whatever the case it's that is showing, they wouldn't know what to do in order for that. But um, so, for more experienced gardeners, yeah, you can look at it and think, right, okay, I got an issue here with calcium or I got an issue here with yes. phosphorus yeah. or whatever, and you can yeah. take remedial action. But as yeah. a general rule, you're still better off finding out what your soil needs at, at the beginning of the season, put yeah, that definitely. right, and not have to do that. Yeah. Right, right. Just while we're on with the compost there, Tony, I know, kind of, like I say, we, we've covered your, um I've got somewhere here. Tone's book. If you have not got it, please go over to Amazon. There, we'll uh, Tone's the guru on compost. There, so please pop over. But Tony, just while you're there as well, Lord Such is asking if you reuse your compost other than add amendments, what else would you do to it? So, firstly, I wouldn't just take the compost like Fragmasic if you're growing potatoes in it. Take that compost, just add blood, fish and bone or whatever, and then reuse that compost. I would take that compost and it would become an ingredient in my compost mix. And then that way you are re 
loading it with all the microbial life and everything and it's those microbial lives where they're living dying you know leaving feces and everything else which is putting the nutrition back into that compost and uh, that way you're adding body to it and and all sorts of stuff that's the best way of doing it is add it as an ingredient into your normal compost um or add it to your beds and allow it just to be an organic matter um you know but certainly never i it i couldn't believe i I had to make a video on it i saw someone on my plot um uh, about two years ago and he was growing potatoes in a wooden box and afterwards he got all of that soil emptied into his wheelbarrow wheeled it to the end of the plot and threw it off the edge of the plots you know we've got like (laughs) i was like this going oh my God, what are you doing? And uh, he's like, oh, well, I've grown my potatoes in it now, so there's no life left. And I said, no, but it's organic matter. Put it in your soil at the very least. You know, it'll help, you know, build the structure of your soil. It'll feed the microbial life in the soil. He just didn't see it. And this guy was buying maybe 40 or 50 bags of this compost a year. Gosh. Dumping it over the edge, and then and I'm like, "Oh my god, I want that!" I'm, I'm digging it back up to the, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so but, um, perfect. I'm like a big scavenger. I'm up, he's wheeling it up the end, dumping it off the end, then going up with an empty wheelbarrow and wheeling it all back down. And I, at the end, I said, "Look, if you don't want it, just put it on the end of my plot. <laughs> yes. Just save him walking up there, like you know." Well, I used used to have a guy next to me on on our site. Every time he dug a worm up, he used to throw that over the fence. I said, throw it into my plot. I'll have it. (laughs) He's throwing worms over the fence. He said, they eat everything. I said, they don't. (laughs) People are like that with nematodes and stuff as well. They think they they heard somewhere that nematodes are bad and they eat all your roots and stuff. But they don't realize, just like people, they're good and bad people. They're good and bad nematodes. And... um, you know, once they hear something once, yeah, they think, oh, everything is bad, and uh, so yeah, it's 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 a bit of a strange thing, like you know. Well, throwing worms away, I just oh, I couldn't get over that. What <laughs> is silly, Audrey? I'm kind of interested to find out just what your take is on all this. Do you know what I mean? Like I say, you're the kind of the exception to the rule. We've all got allotments, and you know, right. is there anything you kind of can learn from this, or or would put into practice, or? Um, well, there's always things we can learn. So yes, um, not being able to have a compost bin, uh, kind of changes this for me. Uh, there's a, there's a really big echo going on here. Does anyone else hear that? Let's see if you just keep on talking there, Audrey. Okay. Sorry. It's just distracting me. I apologize. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of things to learn here now, whether or not I can apply all of them. I'm not sure. I think it might be tones with the... Uh, Let me see if I can find some earphones. Uh, I was just... Because normally it's Stephen, but I, <laughs> Stephen's a good boy now. <laughs> I'm, I'm all fixed up now, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's just... Steve, while you're there then, I've got a... Um, we've been talking about this. Is it time... Is there still plenty of time for a new gardener to get stuck in growing stuff now? Or is it just is it best just to kind of gather your thoughts, tidy your plot, and look to next year? Look, it, it's 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 never too late to start anything in gardening, even if 
even if you grow something and then it dies in three weeks time because of the frost it means you've learned something mm -hmm. that's that's vital and the more you sow the more you grow the more you learn and it's that simple and it's the quicker that you'll learn how to do things and when something goes wrong you come to a place like this and say i was growing this and and then it died and i don't know why and then people talk about it and then you find these things out so no it's never too late i'm sowing all kinds of stuff at the end of this month and you know well every month you know what i mean i sow every month, <laughs> every month. audrey what about you then I, I, will you be sown right through the winter because you almost yes, are, you'll be almost cheating because you you'll have the perfect environment i would have thought well, Cheating. I'll just be going in the woods, but yes, I will be doing that all winter. And just yeah. give some folks like a, a little heads up, what because you're going to grow everything now, or say from the end of like say September October indoors. So what will you be growing indoors for folks? I'll grow lettuce and kales and some broccolini. Uh, I will grow some onions, some. Uh, spring onions obviously um i let me think what else was on my list uh i'll grow uh peas for shoots i do a lot of microgreens in the winter um Excellent. yeah and even radishes will do fine indoors so yeah i kind of will throw in anything that i feel like growing at that point that Does doesn't I was going to say, Audrey, does it have like a little special, you know, because when you when it's dark outside and but you've got you can actually see new shoots growing, and does that is it a better time for you growing in this kind of winter? Do you feel more like protective about your babies? You know what I mean? Or well, yeah, it's like when I'm raising them to go outside, uh -huh. but they're getting raised to go into the kitchen. So uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's lovely. So you'll see these these shelves behind me will all be turning into. Uh, grow lights uh, over the next couple of weeks, and that's where that's all going to live. So uh, for the winter, you, you mentioned spring onions there, Audrey. Then so that you're going to because mm -hmm. I've never grown spring onions in. Oh, those can grow indoors. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, I guess they will. You know, you've got nice heat yeah. and plenty of light. Yeah. What yeah. Um, is your is your electric bill like? Because you know, mine I was kind no. of growing electric. No, it's it's really not. Uh, these are very energy efficient lights and it goes on and off with a schedule and yeah, it's wonderful. My husband's actually going to run a pipe from the basement up to my grow table. So we have water right there. Uh -huh. This is Which, your husband. I'm, that's the lighting engineer as well. He crawls around the floor. <laughs> the ghost. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Can I just ask Audrey, is that better? Yes. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry. If you'd said earlier, I would have got something. I didn't realize. I, I just I heard it occasionally, and then I thought maybe it's our Tony here. Uh, it's funny. It wasn't. It, normally, I'm paranoid about it. You know what I mean? I can kind of, and I didn't even spot. Well, I thought it was me when I was hearing it. I'm looking at all my links here, going, "Oh my word, is yeah. that me?" I wasn't yeah. getting it here, so I didn't. Uh, I didn't know. Todd, we're just talking about there about growing like veg you know, like right through the window, but indoors, is that something yeah. you do or could do? <laughs> I could. Um, I've got um, three grow tents 
And one of them is like eight foot long, seven foot high and five feet <laughs> wide. So the problem is they used to be here in the garage um, and I've now created this room. But my stuff that I tend to spend a lot of my time on in winter is obviously at the plot if it's in the tunnels and stuff. But it's all the house plants and stuff that I have here because I've got a lot of rare plants. I've probably got about three grand's worth of plants sat in this room at the moment. So um, mm. this is where my greenery comes from in the uh, in the winter time. So I'm um, just we'll talk about your studio for a second, then, too, and that must have to have that temperature perfect. So all I when I built it this. Um, uh, I've built with tons and tons of insulation. There's loads. Um, I've got like 12 mil underlay on the floor and, and then like Hessian back carpet on top of that. And all I'm running it on is this tiny little radiator by here, which is a oil-filled radiator. Right. And it's on the lowest setting possible. And it just kicks in and out and it's keeping this room at 24 degrees. Ooh. And and But yet it's hardly ever on. It's not even on now. Um, but but it's warm. But of course, I've got lights in some cabinets. I don't know if I can show you guys because um, this camera's not very good. But um, I got oh black there. I've got to put some lights on the top up, up there as well. Um, but I've got lights that are normally over there. I got a fan on the floor. I got lights on the floor at the moment. <laughs> like, yeah. So there's lights everywhere. But um, I, I've got to work on. Uh, some of the lighting stuff. I've turned the lights off on the ceiling um, because obviously it's just made me look blue. Um, that's the one thing I've got to sort out now is my, my proper camera in here just to sort of give me a little bit of colour so I don't look like I've been sat here for like 300 years. So what's the... Um, because I know our house is just like, say, a full as well, mind you, tone of like houseplants. So that's my wife's side of things, like all sorts yeah. of houseplants. What's the fascination... We've never covered this on the show, though. What's the fascination for you then? With houseplants? Do you know what? Um, for me, it was always the allotment. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up being given a plant as a present. And it was um, a pink princess, which is uh, one of the plants I got over there. It's a rare plant, and you didn't see them anywhere. And this plant gave me hell. It died right back to the roots. I was like, oh, my God. So I can grow allotment stuff, but I just cannot grow house plants. And when I can't do something, I just spend all my time learning on how to, <laughs> how to do it. And and, uh, and and then it becomes an obsession, doesn't it? It's like anything else once you get used to uh, plants. You know, I mean, I've got, like, I took a cutting of um, one of mine. Uh, I've got a plant up in the house, which is a Thai constellation. And it's a big plant now. And I took a two-leaf cutting. And I was looking at them on eBay the other day. A two-leaf cutting was going for over £200 of this plant. So, um, so of course, they, they sort of become investments as well now, you know. Um, but for me, um, I write about a lot of these as well. So I don't just write about the gardening side of things. I write about the house plants and everything else. Um, eventually, I will make videos on these as well. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like you say, it's something that um, we've done, you know, but the house side, but I've never, I knew you, you were interested in house plants, but I like that kind of thing where you said the challenge, you know, because we've lost, like you say, our house pr- pr- primarily, Tony, is like a, it's a dark house. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. dark, dark, dark. And it's great. And it's, you know what I mean? 
in the kind of summer, you've got you know you've, you've got as as much light as you want. But now we're getting into this kind of you know like the nights are yeah know. you have to you have to pl- uh, provide supplement lighting now the, those lights in the uh, cabinets there's like four little bars on each shelf and they all of them on all together are only giving eight watts mm-hmm. so they're really efficient um the bigger ones that i got on the floor i was telling you earlier on that they're um quite expensive lights um and I've still got all the spider farmer stuff that I use in the tents normally when I'm growing my chilies and stuff on. The, the thing is, this year, they won't be able to be grown in here because I wouldn't bring the chilies and normal soil in here and risk like, getting fungus gnats everywhere and, and stuff like that. So I will find somewhere else to put them um, rather than setting them up here, you know. Right, right. Audrey, is that something you would? Are you? I've never, I've never even asked you about this. You know, like house plants. Um, they are a whole different animal to grow. Absolutely, I grow uh, succulents and mother-in-law's tongue. That's about <laughs> it. You know, Tone, when you when you actually mentioned about like different prices and that, I was like doing. I would, for some reason, I was looking on eBay for something, and I got you know you go down the rabbit hole of like plants and everything like that. And there was one guy on, and he was selling just like you know like the you know like the is it the spider plant where they come off? Yeah. Was, he was selling one of them for like three pounds and two fifty. I thought, oh, that's all right. That's you know what I mean. That's yeah. cheapest chips. And then I seen how many sales he had in a month, yeah. and he was making about ten grand. And I'm thinking, yeah. mother chucker. I have, um, y- y- we all have wish lists, don't we, when we have these things. And there's one plant on my wish list. And you only tend to get them as uh, like single leaf cuttings. So I've got like propagating plants here at the moment. Like this one here came from a single leaf cutting. So this is a Florida ghost. Right. And uh, that was a single leaf cutting. Now, that uh, Florida Ghost single leaf cutting cost me around about £120. <laughs> so that wow, plant man. there is probably worth about a grand. However, I was looking, uh, I was going back to um, this list that I have, my, my sort of, my want list, if you like. And I found this one plant on ebay last night which was out of my list is in fact it was my number one in the list is a single leaf cutting that didn't have any roots at all it just had the node and it was six thousand seven hundred pounds i was like Holy i won't be having that <laughs> <laughs> the thing is with house plants they're really expensive you know um let me just grab you a cutting if you can hang on a second yeah yeah because i was just gonna say as well mind you do you not think this is Steve and Audrey, is this like the the kind of the Instagram we are coming in? Because I've seen like a lot so this of Instagram. Year is a Thai old... constellation, right? And this was a two leaf cutting I took off the top of my plant, and I've now got it to root. Oh, let's have a look. <laughs> right, that there will be going into soil very shortly. So it's been sat in water for a little while. I'll just put that down with a moment. And um, the, I, I've literally found a guy who's selling them at the moment, uh, two-leaf cutting, a bit smaller than that, for £200. 
Um, my God. I just cut it off the top of, of one of my plants. Uh, I mean, the plant they've got up in the house is probably worth about four grand if you look at it at that point, if I was just to keep cutting it and selling them at that price. A word you, a word you live again? <laughs> you know what it is. You're not coming. <laughs> we've got Rat. we've got we've got three dogs and we've got a, a doorman Daisy with a, like a long tail and then she'll run up and down the top corridor here and we've got yeah. plants all kind of and she just uh. whips off a leaf. I mean they're only kind of you know B and Q yeah. kind of plants, but it's like you imagine the price. I never oh, even I'd had a, like a reason. My, my daughter just had a new kitten for her birthday. And uh, she was like, can I bring the cat down there? I said, you've got no chance. She has things clawing at everything, like, you know. Yeah. So um, I was like, no, no, the cat just stays out of the office. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's um, and that's, it's actually something like to, like, say, in the window for people, you know what I mean? It's another kind of avenue to go down. Yeah, well, what I wanted to do with the channel originally was to, stretch out that seasonality a little bit for people because we all know we can make content in winter there is always something we can make the problem we have as creators is that there's no one watching you know we get our core skill core of people who will watch every video regardless but you know views sort of plummet compared i mean you know for the last three months i've been doing about 1.7 million views a month you know but that's going to tail right off you know, and and the thing is, you know, that'll tail right off. And I want to stretch our seasonality a little bit. And I wanted the channel to become a bit more like um, my website is. The problem with that is, is I'm going to confuse the algorithm when I start producing these videos. And when I confuse the algorithm, my views on right across everything are going to plummet and none of my videos will do well. But over time, it'll, it'll relearn and it will it'll go from there and then I'll have a stronger channel in the end of it. Well, that's yeah. exactly, mind you, Tom, why we kind of moved this over onto this channel as well, just to get it, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, you know, we separated the two because you kind of, it, it fell for me where when this went out, I had to wait a day or two to put something, and it was just starting to get a bit complicated yeah. and I thought, you know what I mean? And it's kind of... It's the same for me, like I said to you earlier, you know, I'll be putting my lives out on a different channel because for the last two live streams I've done just to let everybody know where I've been and about all of this and stuff, you know, I've lost over 100 subscribers because of it. You know, I, I don't think I've ever done a live stream on my channel where I haven't lost subscribers. Well, you work hard to build your audience. You don't want to lose them just because no, you're doing a live stream. No. But I want to do the live streams because it's a way of connecting personally with people. Oh, you don't get yeah. that from a video. And um, so what I decided to do was use the second channel I had, which I originally built for shorts. I've just renamed it uh, Tone, um, Simplified Gardening 2. And um, I'll eventually get that's all it. of the yeah i'll get all the banner and stuff sorted for that and um that won't just be for shorts and stuff anymore but it will be short content but it'll also be for the live streams and that way only people who want to watch the live streams will go on there and then you're not yeah. upsetting the audience or anything but i'm already prepared that i'm going to screw things completely over the next year or so <laughs> when i start putting this stuff on because the algorithm's just not going to know what to do and won't promote nothing then because uh -huh. of it uh -huh. another channel you know? to another channel you know what I mean? yeah but the problem is you know managing three channels is a is a lot um 
And the idea is, is to stretch our seasonality out on the one channel, not run three separate channels. I don't mind running two for, because of the live streams, but I think, you know, and this isn't going to be for everybody, but eventually YouTube will learn, right, there's like a Tuesday video for uh, house plants and there's a Friday video for garden plants or for vegetables, you know, and eventually yeah. it will learn that, but it's going to take time. Audrey, you had your first blaster. Just, I mean, I know we're kind of talking shop here, but it's quite nice for us to, you know, as YouTubers actually to have Tony on there and kind of who's been there and done it. Because you've just had your first live stream. What do you think about doing it yourself? Was it was it fun? Was oh, it, it nerve wracking? It was. It was both. I felt like <laughs> I was like sitting in this room just talking to my computer. Uh-huh. So it was nice to be able to watch the chat because I realized I wasn't, uh, but I really enjoyed it. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I'm going to do that again. Because you did, yeah, it as, did it. Yeah, Steve, you did it as well, didn't you? You've done it kind of, because we always had a bit flaky um, time with your dropping out. But as we've seen tonight, Stephen has yeah. not dropped out at all. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I beat you to it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I initially thought it was the internet connection. Well, we thought that for quite some time. But um, it was just the software setting in there. So, yeah, I went and did a live stream just to test. And also, I mean, we'd said earlier in the year that we were going to alternate live streams and I was going to do one, but I wasn't ready to do one. But I'm ready to sort of start having a go. So last week was just a a test to make sure my connection stayed up and whatever I'd done to this camera had worked. But, yeah, it was fun. It was a little, again, it was a little bit nerve-wracking, but I think given time, it'll be all right. I think, yeah. It's I mean, just like making any video, isn't it, when you first start yeah. learning uh-huh. to make a video. Mm-hmm. God, I remember when I started making my first videos, my knees used to knock together. And sometimes <laughs> you think you could bloody hear them, like, you know. But it just becomes a norm, doesn't it, over time? And it's the same thing with live yeah. streaming, I'm sure. You know, but like I, I mean, said, I, keep I purposely... Yeah, I purposely didn't do it because I was losing every time I'd done them, you know? And yeah. um, and I knew I wanted to put them on another channel, but of course, I closed down the old studio and then I didn't have a studio and I didn't want to, like, be destroying my living room every time and trying to kick the kids upstairs and, you know, because of the way YouTube <laughs> was with kids in the videos and stuff. So uh, um, yeah. it had to be then, right, once I built this and I was able to live again and then I got rudely reminded that they didn't like that on my channel. So, <laughs> so, so that, that you made the win. decision for me pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. No, no, it's uh, it's good. It, I like talking shop. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, you know what I'm like, we're kind of doing this kind of thing. And, and for me, when we kind of do the live, it's, it, I love it. But like them, like you say to them, them first kind of few, your knees are knocking because it's, it's like spin. I always say it's like spinning plates. You know what I mean? Like the kind of you've yeah. got. That I many think it helps things. when you've got guests as well, oh, because yes, you can you can come off each other and you're answering and talking and this that and the other. Yeah. And also, it gives you a break as as the host to go looking in the chat for questions and what have you. When you're That's doing that found, on your yeah. own, making trying to look at the chat and keep the the conversation running is very difficult. Yeah. Um, so if you've got guests, it makes life much, much easier. There you've, you've That's why I put that secret. funny comment in your on your live the other day. 
Because you, you yeah. read that comments out of mine and it just made you giggle, I thought, well, it might break the monotony for you a little bit. <laughs> and, you know, and that's it. But again, you know, and, and it's nice that people come in and they'll put their two pence worth in the chat or they'll have a laugh yeah. and a joke with you. And, and that's nice. And that's, for me, that's what the live is about. Yeah, I want to be able to pass on information because that's what we all do. But yeah. um, it's more of a connection because when I'm on other people's chats, in the chat with them, they see a different side to me that they, and and I get it a lot was, Oh, I never thought you were, were like that because you don't come across that way in your videos. Whereas yeah. I like to take the mick and stuff, you know, and, yeah. but people don't see that in my videos because the videos are edited so much yes. and, and what have you, that doesn't come across. And you've got a you know? message to get over as well in the video. Yeah, absolutely. You? That's why you're so doing you, the video. You have to pick and choose, you know? And yeah. so for me at the time, the videos were always about, Right, putting the information, the story, or whatever it is across to the audience in the quickest possible yeah. time, and as make it as interesting as possible. Um, I'm not here to clown around when it comes to that, but yet I'll go on someone else's chat. I'm in it like a keyboard warrior, you know. Just <laughs> <laughs> and people are like, oh, I never thought you were like that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or when they meet me in person, like it's like. Oh, you've had a personality transplant. What's the matter with you? <laughs> it's funny because I went, it's for, just for me, being a totally different direction. I think you can go down, in, probably in any kind of genre, two different ways. The teaching way or almost like... The entertainment. The entertainment lifestyle. Yeah. And for me, I get way more things. If I fail at something, it's a way better... Do you know what I mean? It's way well, better. I mean, People we all like show this. our failures. I got plenty of them on my channel because they're all le- they're all learning opportunities. Uh-huh. You know, I yes. got no problem at all saying to someone, "Do you know what? I tried this this year and it was rubbish." Because I'm not an expert, guys. Just like anybody else, you know, I'm on here doing my own thing and I'm just sharing my journey and trying to help others. Because it doesn't matter how far along you are in your journey with gardening there's always someone coming behind you that needs that little bit of help. And as long as you're a couple yeah. of days ahead of them, you're able to give that advice they need. And, and yeah. that's the way I look at YouTube. You know, um, there are people on here who know a lot more than me, you know, but, you know, there are people behind me who don't, and they are the people that I am trying to help. really you know? need the help. I think as yeah, well. Absolutely. You know, it's just, it's, if we can make anybody get the hands in the earth for me as well. It's like a, it's almost like a, like a therapy. Do you know what I mean? If it's yeah, get yeah. the hands in your earth, you're connecting with mother nature. If you can get people to do that, that's fantastic. For me, it was always an escape from what I saw in work, mm-hmm. you know, because I could come home, I could bury my hands in the soil, weeding or whatever it is. And, you know, the day would go. And that day I wouldn't have thought about the stuff and it's the way of dealing with that, you know, and, um, and I needed that at the time. Um, I'm sure in your line of work, you see daily horrors as well and things yeah, that you really that, that, need. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And like, I'll come home for the missus and she'll like, you know, how's it day? I'm going up the plot and that's all she needs to know. <laughs> I've had <laughs> yeah. a bad day and going up the plot, you know, and, uh, and that's when I'll go and I'll go up there and, she may not see me for eight or nine hours and then I'll come home and I'll be fine. And I, she understands that, you know, and it's what I need to do to, for my own mental health, like, you know? And um, so when I say to people, sometimes gardening is therapy, it really is, you know? Yes. Um, but 
And if, if I can say to someone, look, you know, this is how to do this and it gets them excited on growing and everything else. And it can just take that little bit of stress away from them. For me, that's just magic. I'm, I'm using me. I keep on using me. I'm wearing me button out. The three years I've had it. <laughs> but it's a brilliant decompression tool. It oh, really God, is. No, that's no. why I take a flask with me. I make a point of taking a flask. I'm only there for a couple of hours. I don't need one. I can manage without a drink. But if I've got a flask, I've got to sit down and have a coffee. Then you can just sit and take it in rather than looking at it as jobs. You look at it as a garden. And Mine's a hundred feet across the road, and I still take a flask about this big. <laughs> <laughs> Audrey, if I'm going, I'm, I'm going over there all day. Yeah. Audrey, over can I just... here, a flask is what you keep whisking in. <laughs> well, that'll do too. Yes, yeah, I'll try that. <laughs> so when you, you got one that big, I'm like, wow, Tony, you, you can really control yourself. Is, is it therapeutic? It wouldn't be for much you? gardening, then I can tell you. Uh, Audrey, is it therapeutic for you then, gardening, or is it just oh, more abs- like putting food no, on the no, table? Absolutely. No, no. Uh, I think gardening is more expensive than grocery shopping. Uh, it's like any hobby. I just think hobbies are going to cost more. I love it. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. And it. I never get tired of seeing a seed sprout. I never get tired of planting yes. a little seedling into the ground. Never get tired of, I never get tired of harvesting something. I mean, it's all this beautiful, I don't want to get goofy here, but it's kind of like the circle of gardening life. I love it. Every bit. Yeah. Seeing hey, a new seed sprout is like a new beginning, isn't yeah. it? So it's, it's, like that, it's, feel, like, it's always that feeling yeah. coming through. Do you know it's what like it is? A baby it's like, it's gorgeous. Even though, yeah. Tony, I've, I'm just at this moment, I'm in the process of kind of stripping out the polytunnel. And even that's a lovely feeling. You know, like you've nurtured yeah. all these tomato plants and all that. But now I'm just packing them down and I'm getting... Yeah. And all that's... I love that. Do you know what I mean? They kind I've of got, get that clear out. I, but you I've know there's more stuff going in. Yes. Oh, yeah. there's definitely... Uh, I've got to do that yet. And, and this year, like I said, I haven't sown as much. I'm going to get some stuff sown. But because I haven't been there, I, I made the decision, you know, back when I, you know, when I went off with the burnout and everything else, um, that I was going to build a studio. So I made the decision to just let everything grow as it's growing. And I haven't been there sowing. So through this winter, I'm not going to have huge amounts, although I do have my kales and some of my brassicas already in and what have you. Um, I will sow some stuff now this month for the tunnel and what have you and i'll put in things like beans and uh pea shoots and you know lettuce and stuff like that yeah um but i've still got about 40 tomato plants there that are fully <laughs> loaded that i haven't even harvested yet and honestly it, it's a crime but I, it's literally because i haven't had the time um it's like this week now i'm going up to malvin sunday and I'm working right up to the day before, you know. But um, I'll go to Malvern. I'll come home. I've got a few days off then. I'll just go through it, and I'll just harvest everything. But, you know, I've got so much stuff to harvest up there. It's crazy. Um, but it, it is nice when you start seeing all that stuff. And for me, it's exciting because now I've got all this stuff I can compost. Tony, I'll come to you last because I've actually forgot to mention this, but we're kind of getting near the end there now. And it's right, like man. the tip of the week 
So, so oh, Audrey's forgot as well. So, I know okay. Stephen should have a tip of the week. I've always got a tip of the week. I think the important one for me right now, because I need to do this as well, is tying in plants. Uh, we're getting now into winter weather, so if you've got things like roses that, uh, you know, the the blowing around like this, they'll break in the winter winds. So get them things tied in. And while you're at it, you can also support things like Brussels sprouts, your kale plants, your purple sprouts, your broccoli, all those sort of things. Just put a cane in and a little bit of string around just to give them a little bit of added security. But think about anything that needs tying in for winter so that the winds don't break it. No, well, Steve, I thought you were going to say your tip something else. Yes, I thought we were going to. You were going to. Your tip was going to be about you know when we're going to talk about cardboard and composting. No, I'm going to save that for another day. Oh, is that when right? You've I'm forgotten not, about it. When you've forgotten it. about it, I'll come back with it, and you'll think, "Oh, that's a brilliant idea, <laughs> that's Steve." A brilliant idea. We'll, we'll keep that one. We'll keep that one. Tony, have you by any chance got a tip of the week for our viewers? Yeah. So, firstly, is to. It, when when you're harvesting all of your stuff and you've got beds that are empty, um, I would take some soil out of it first and go and send off for your soil yes. test. <laughs> but then I would be looking at sowing green manures um, on the bed because that's going to do a lot for adding organic matter. It's going to cre- uh, keep the microbial life alive over winter because you're feeding them. It's going to add nitrogen to your soil depending on the green manure you're fixing. Um, and now's the time to get them sown. So as that bed becomes empty, don't just leave it laying there fallow. Get in some green manure and that way you haven't got a weed either then in the spring. Thank right. you, Tony. Thank you very much, lad. Audrey. Tip of the week. Yes. Buy Tony's new book. <laughs> there, there. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> there Thank we you, go, yes. <laughs> Well, we've got. Um, have I got Tony's pod? Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I have a. Um, is it on there as well? So, when can we see then, Tony? You're doing your live shows just for anybody that's. Yeah, so I'm going to be. Um, probably about a week or two now i'm just going i need to get like the banner and stuff sorted and make sure everything is sent across on there uh, and that the studio is finished setting up with the lighting and the other camera and what have you once i've got that right i'll be doing a weekly live show on there as well as julia just as are you a fiddler like you know when we're talking about kind of we're talking the shop again about the studio and all that is will there come a time where you think it's set or do you keep on like tweaking here and tweaking there and to me it looks set if if you've seen if you've seen my allotment every year i'm doing something major on it right (laughs) and i've been gardening for like 40 years nearly but i've had this garden for eight and every time i think it's done the next year i'm changing something else i've already got massive plans for the garden so it's, it's the same thing here like I'll be here and when you're living with something constantly, you think, do you know what? That could be better. And I'll go and do that. Or this plant looks better over there or whatever the case is. I think I'll always be doing something new. I'm not sure whether this will stay here, you I know, forever. It might be, uh, you know, it might be something else. But I think one thing I do want to do is put um, camera mounts around the place. So, that when I am filming 
the the plant stuff, I can just set up a camera in different angles. Um, and it'll also mean that I can, next time I'm doing a live, I can be sat on the sofa or I can be, you know, mixed around all my plants or whatever, rather than just sat here rigid, you know? It's, uh, well, oh, you're, going, you're going downtown, you see Smith. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it's funny because when, when I was in the hut doing it, I had about, I even had, I had an outdoor camera. I had about, you know, cameras in each of me grow pod things. I had them all over. Yeah. I mean, if you, yeah. if you yeah, consider... If you consider like the la- not the live stream I just done a couple of days ago, but like a week ago, the quality of that was so bad. You couldn't even see it. And I didn't know. To me, it looked perfect. And that was because I was running on the back of my mobile signal as a hotspot because down here I had no connection. I'm like 150 feet away from the house at the moment. And I'm like, my brother come on and said, oh, you know, you've got a bad connection. I just assumed that, you know, it, it was buffering now and then. And then I looked back on it and I'm like that, trying to see myself. <laughs> it was dreadful. How, how anybody ever sat two hours through it, I don't know. And um, so I ran a Cat6 cable all the way down here. And I had five days of trying to get this Cat6 cable connected to the end connectors. But they just wouldn't give me a connection. And in the end, I thought it must be the connectors. So I went and bought two new connectors. And within 10 minutes, it was working like that. I was oh, gutted. So I spent all this time just trying to get that. And it's stuff like that that just swallows your time and why I, yeah. I still haven't really been to the allotment. Um, but like I said, you know, I've got the bare basic set up here. I mean, there's plants everywhere. I've got shelves up where there's hanging plants all off and stuff. Um, eventually, there will be mounted sort of cameras around the place that I can just flick and I, I can sit down in a specific location and what have you. How far I is do the garage from your house then? 150 feet. Oh my God. <laughs> so, That's a heck of a um, cable. Yeah. So I've bought external Cat6 cable and yeah. I've had to run it. Of course, I've had to drill through my old Victorian terraced wall, which is about three feet thick as well. (laughs) So (laughs) so I I managed to get a cable in. I set a box up behind the television so we could just plug in direct from the modem to that. And I've run it all the way around to the back of the garage down through this wall here. And um, it's now... And you're still still married. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the beauty about having an understanding wife. It is, isn't it? (laughs) Listen, it's been a pleasure... Tone, it's been lovely having you on. Thank Stephen, you, guys. It's been great it's, to join you. Oh, it's been lovely, yeah, Stephen. It's been brilliant. Thanks, Tony. Yes, it's yes, really thank enjoyed you. it. Audrey, thank you so much. And everyone, we will be here next Monday. So please, if you remember, we have a podcast. If you want to listen to this again, because this is where I actually listen to it and, and know what's going on as well. And don't forget, Tony's got his channel there, which is Simplifying Garden. That's his main channel. Pop over there. I mean, he's got 345,000 subscribers, but another few wouldn't hurt. Audrey, yeah, get it up to 350. Yes, Audrey's got her real foods there. Comes dirty. Please pop over there and subscribe to that. And Stephen, oh, right on my lad. backside. He's right there, lad. Yeah. It? It's a real. <laughs> Do you know what I, love? I have to say this because it's something I've always noticed on Steve's intro, and I've got to bring it up. You're walking up that path, Steve. Oh, and always he looks. look at the camera. No, no, yeah. no. <laughs> it's, it's always caught me every time. <laughs> That's, That's it. it. What's, um, what's that I'm doing? 
there's when you int- walk up the path in your intro yeah. and you look directly at the camera like that and then carry on walking as if to say, yeah, I'm you. <laughs> I, I like that as well. That's, uh, that was a great uh, one. Right. Well, listen, thank you so much, everyone. Guest, it's been an honour and a pleasure. Everyone else, thank you as well. Take good care. We'll Bye, see everyone. you Bye, everyone. next Monday. Bye.